Welcome, everyone, to Burgess Power Hour. Here we are with our essence of communication, and I have a voice. And based on what everybody has been saying, uh, before we went on to the recording, everybody's shouting out who they are and where they came from. And we've got people from all around the country and I think maybe even from all around the world just listening in. And I love that because it's time for us all to speak up. Yes? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Right. (laughs) So uh, what I'm going to do is uh, let me turn off the tone key. Uh, Let's see. So we don't hear everybody toning in. Okay, awesome. So if for some reason you get cut off, you can call back in, and we don't hear the ding every time somebody does that. So uh, welcome to the call tonight and this morning, depending on where you're listening and when you're listening. So again, this is Burgess Power Hour, and as you know, we like to do uh, to get as much interaction and experiential stuff as possible, and it is about communication, and it is about having a voice, and how do I say what I need to say and show up the way I want to show up and do so in a way that's compassionate and at peace and where I feel like I'm taking um, responsibility for my life and using my voice. And boy, do we need to use our voice these days, uh, not just in the U.S., but all around the planet to help each other really get connected and to speak our truth with compassion. And that's the key here is compassion. Okay, so uh, get your pens and your papers ready, and if you're driving, please don't do that, but uh, if you're listening in tomorrow or the next day or whenever, you'll get a recording. If you registered on our call, if you registered online, you'll be getting a recording of this. You can also go to our podcasts and listen to to it. Just go in if you have iTunes, um, just uh, Essence of Being podcasts. And you can listen to it that way, or you can go on our essenceofbeing.com and click on our membership site. And the membership site is free to join, and we have all of the uh, power hours on that as well. So there's so many ways to listen and play with us, and we uh, appreciate all of you. And I say the royal we because it's just me sitting here, but uh, we as the healing forest, those of you who have taken Essence of Being, you are near and dear to my heart or any of the programs that we offer, so thank you for being here. So yes, please, if you have background noise, I'm not going to mute you, okay? So if you have background noise, please hit star six or just mute yourself if you have background noise so that uh, we can keep the lines open. And if you want to say something, of course, you can always hit star six again if there's anything you want to share throughout the evening. So let's get right to it. And again, you might want to take some notes. You might want to write some things down because I like to have things experiential. So how many of you think, just ask yourself this, do I think that I'm misunderstood by other people? And so sometimes when we're misunderstood, uh, we have different ways of dealing with that, right? Sometimes we run and hide. Sometimes we are overbearing. Sometimes we just fight for our right. Um, sometimes we just slink away and, and don't say anything else and just forget about it. So I know that you're on this call because I'm sure you get a lot of information, experiential stuff during these calls that we do every month. But part of this is also learning how to improve 
on our communication skills. So what I'd like to give you the definition of communication, let me just give you something that just for you to ponder on. Um, communication is the response you get. It's being able to successfully convey any idea or concept from one person to another. There's so many ways of communicating, right? And again, those of you who are Essence of Being graduates, you know that we can communicate without even saying words. But the res- it's really, if you think about it, it's the communication really is the response you get. So if you're not getting the kind of response you'd like from your business people, from your uh, people at home, your family, your friends, if you're not getting the kind of response you'd like, you might want to look at how you are communicating with them. Because oftentimes people want to blame, right, uh, other people for their their issues and their things that are going on, and they didn't hear me, they didn't understand me, they, they, they. Why aren't they listening to me? Why aren't they doing what I told them to do or whatever it is? You want to look at what am I, how am I sharing my ideas and my concepts and my thoughts and my beliefs with these with all of these people. So what I'm going to do tonight is we're going to go through a couple of, there's four actual four steps in learning how to speak effectively and to communicate and not be afraid because some of us, maybe, maybe just some of us, have been reprimanded in our life from long ago. And, of course, as if you know, if you've been on these calls and if you know, if you've been a graduate of any of the workshops that I do, you know it's all about your belief systems. It's really about what you have had evidence of in your life. What belief systems do you have about having a voice? Were you reprimanded when you were little? Were you told things like, you know, shut up or don't speak? Children are seen and not heard, right? Um, Maybe some of you have evidence that when you do speak up, you get in trouble. And many of us, I'm sure, don't want to really get in trouble because that, that doesn't feel good. So perhaps in our home when we were little, those types of things happened where we got evidence that it's not okay to tell our truth. It's not okay to say what we mean and mean what we say. It's not okay to share our feelings. It's not okay to um, say whatever it is that we have on our mind and be truthful. Maybe we learned that at home. Maybe we learned it at school. Maybe we were bullied, you know, and perhaps teachers reprimanded us and told us to shut up and behave and don't speak up. Uh, maybe it, and in your business life, it could be even doesn't have to be from long ago. Maybe you've been reprimanded in your jobs or your business or your employers or your employees. Even maybe they've basically shut you down because oftentimes, if we have somebody really attacking us for whatever reason, you either fight or you run or you freeze. And so those. Three types of responses happen all the time when you're in some kind of a conflict. You have three choices. You run, you freeze, or you fight. Or perhaps there's another way. 
So sometimes many, many of you may have what I call foot and mouth disease, right? You put your foot in your mouth. Oops, did I just say that? You may have been uh, saying things to other people where they cringe every time you open your mouth, right? So it just depends on what part of the extreme uh, place you've been with your voice and what your truth has been and how you communicate. You know, you you may have been one of those people that just got scared of your own voice because you've been hurt, you've been teased, or you've been threatened. Maybe you hide. Or you could be one of those people that try to overpower others as a way to compensate so think of yourself, are you the bully? Are you the one who's overpowering people, trying to compensate for when you've been hurt in the past? So those are the types of things, reasons why perhaps you may have any kind of block to communicating in a more effective way. So here are the four steps. And before I actually, before I give you the four steps, I want you to just, if you could, if you've got something to write with, I want you to write down what kind of blocks do you have to communicating? And here's how I want you to write it. So when people don't listen to me, I... When people don't listen to me, I... And just fill in the blank. When people don't listen to me, I... background noise in the background, so please star six yourself or I'm going to have to mute you. Please star six yourself. Please mute yourself. Please mute yourself, whoever you are. Thank you. So when people don't listen to me, I... Mute myself. And then I want you to write down when I say something to people, they, when I say something to people, they, And you can make it general, okay? When I say something to people, they generally what? And so communication is two ways. There's a sender of communication and then there's a receiver of communication. You can send all kinds of communication just by not even speaking. Do you know that 55% of communication is body language? And 38% is tone, how you speak to someone, the tone that you have. And 7% are the words. So there's a lot of different ways to communicate. And unfortunately, in this day and age, most people communicate with words. Text, email, Facebook. 
So that's only 7% of the communication. That means there's 93% of communication that could be misunderstood. And I'm sure most everybody has had that experience where you've said something in a text or an email or Facebook or a post, something, and you were misunderstood, or you misunderstood somebody else. And certainly with autocorrect, right? Autocorrect can definitely <laughs> keep you misunderstood. So it's only 7% of, is the words. So in this day and age, I've always said, look, if it, the worst thing you can do is just communicate in one way with words. It's always better to pick up the phone, and at least you get tone that way, so you get words and tone. So at least you're upping your game and your communication skills so that you feel like you're not as... Um, uh, confusing. And then, of course, the best way is the body language. So you get tone, words, and body language all together, which is the Facebook Live or Skyping. It's a lot better. And being in person, of course, is the best. Because your energy and your emotions are actually, you're sending that communication out too. It's not about the words necessarily it could be just about how you're looking how do you hold yourself are you being defensive are you being open so when you wrote those things down just remember when people don't listen to me i just kind of notice what did you write down what is your default answer or your subconscious thought about how people treat you and what do you do when they don't listen to you? And when you, when, how did you answer the other one? When I say something to people, they, you know, how do they perceive you? So, part of being the first step of being really um, being an effective communicator and really owning your voice is being present. That's number one. Be present. And what I mean by that is the point of power is in the present moment. That is where you hold your shape. That is where you are able to stand in your power and be um, connected to who you are, being present. That is owning yourself, owning your shape, respecting yourself, being present, respecting the other person, being present. Because here's what happens. There are so many blocks, not necessarily to what you're saying, but there's also blocks to listening. And some of you have taken the classes and you know some of these blocks to listening, but most people have not taken a course in how to listen. We hear what we want to hear sometimes. And... Sometimes we judge other people. We think, why are they talking? We're going to tune them out. We're not even going to listen. That is not an effective communicator. It's not about just how you speak and what your voice is saying. It's also about how you're showing up as a listener. Because, again, remember, to, to be communicated to, you have to have a receiver. And it's a two-way street. It's a two-way communication that's going on. Many of us have had way too many one-way communications. 
our parents giving us a one-way communication, do this because I said so. And, of course, we do the same thing to our kids. Or maybe we do that to our employees. I don't know about you, but I grew up saying, I'll never say that to my children. I'll never say what you're saying. I'll never say that. You know, my teachers would say something. I'll never say that to my kids. And, of course, I find myself saying exactly the same thing. So oftentimes we just tune out people because we're judging them. We're not listening. And the judgment can really limit us to being present. If we're judging another person and tuning them out, and we don't think they have anything valuable to say, then there is no communication. It is a block to listening. It is a one-way communication, and the most effective way to communicate and have a voice is to have two-way communication. So another block to listening and being present could be comparing. Many people compare themselves. So comparing yourself to another person makes it hard to listen because you're always trying to assess who's smarter, who's more competent, who's more emotionally healthy. And some people, you know, you might focus on suffering more. Who's suffered? Who's the bigger victim here? You could be saying to yourself when people are talking to you, like even right now, you could be saying, you know, I've had it harder. She doesn't know what I, she doesn't know what hard is. My kids are smarter. I earn more than she does. Because you're trying to measure up. You're trying to measure yourself based on who that person is. So that is a block to listening is comparing yourself. And then another block to listening is filtering, because when you filter, you listen to some things and not to others. Sort of like speed reading, you know? You only pay enough attention to see if somebody's angry (laughs) or if they're unhappy or if you're in emotional danger. And once you've uh, assured that that communication contains none of those things, then you let your mind wander. So can you mute yourself because there's some background noise, please, star six, or mute yourself because I can hear stuff in the background there. Another way that people filter is simply to avoid hearing certain things. It's as if the words were never even said. You simply don't have any memory of them because you're not really present, especially if people are talking to you and they're critical or negative or unpleasant or threatening. So we filter these things out so we're not really present with what's going on. Now, I'm not saying if somebody's yelling at you that you have to sit there and take it and just allow that to come through and be in your space. You can hear what they're saying behind their words. I'll tell you a secret, that when you are talking with someone, go behind the words. And what I mean by that is you go behind what they're saying and go to the emotion. Just feel what's going on for them emotionally. And I'm going to give you some techniques on how to do that at the end of the call. I'll give you some tools on how to do that. Because if you do that, 
it doesn't really matter necessarily what they're saying. What really matters is that you are hearing them. You are acknowledging what they are feeling. Because sometimes people really don't say what they're thinking, right? They don't really tell their truth. But if you feel what's going on behind the words and you let them know that you get them, that you really get what they're feeling and who they are and how they're showing up and what they really mean, then they'll trust you. Then you can disarm them if they're really upset about something. And I'll give you some more techniques about that a little bit later. But another block to listening is sometimes we like to advise people. So if you're a really great problem solver, you're really ready to help and suggest things. Uh, You don't have to hear more than a few sentences before you begin searching for the right advice, right? So sometimes when you're cooking up all these suggestions and convincing somebody to just try it, you may miss what's most important. You didn't really hear them. You didn't hear their feelings about what they're really saying. And you didn't acknowledge the person's pain. You just went into fix-it mode. So he or she still feels basically alone because you couldn't listen and just be there. And we call that trying to identify, are you in advice, story, or truth? So just notice when you're having conversations with people and you're trying to be an effective communicator, part of the listening is, are you trying to give advice? Did they ask for it? Probably not. But we want to fix it for them. And that doesn't necessarily make them feel heard. Or do you go into a story where you, t- you, you hear something that somebody says and you go into the story about how, um, how it affects you? Or you go into the story about uh, what was that all about? Tell me more about the story. Because it's really not about the story that they're telling you. If they just want to be heard and acknowledged, just like you. So these are little gems that you can use in your business and in your life and your family and your relationships. Just know that everybody wants to be heard and acknowledged, and I'm going to give you again some more tools on how to do that at the end of the call. But just kind of check yourself. Do I advise? Is that what you do? Do you write that down when I say something to people? They, What do they do? Do they listen to you? Do they not listen to you? Do you start going into your story about that? The other way to experience another person is just tell your truth. Let them tell their truth and you tell your truth. Instead of advising them, instead of trying to fix them, instead of mm, going into some story, okay? So another way of blocking listening and not being present, we're still on number one, by the way, is sparring with people. Sparring. This block has you arguing and debating all the time with people. And the other person never feels heard because you're so quick to disagree. Sometimes a lot of people try to focus on finding things to disagree with. So maybe you have really strong opinions about things and you're very clear about your beliefs 
and your preferences. So the way to avoid any kind of sparring or arguing like that is to repeat back and acknowledge what you've heard. And look for one thing you might agree with. Just look for one thing. If you know you're that kind of person, my suggestion would be is to look for one thing that you might agree with so you can have some kind of a connection of agreeing. Another way that people spar is they put you down or you put other people down. You use sarcasm, sarcastic remarks to dismiss the other person's point of view. So, for example, you know, maybe uh, Helen starts telling Arthur about her problems in a class, and Arthur fires back, well, when are you going to have brains enough to drop that class? So that sarcasm that is a dismissive of that person's communication. And or maybe let's say Jim is feeling overwhelmed with the noise from the TV. And he says to his wife, "Hey, oh god, not the TV routine again." So the put down is the standard block to listening in many, many marriages. It quickly pushes the communication, okay, into a stereotyped pattern where each person repeats all this familiar, hostile (laughs) back and forth over and over and over again. Sarcasm and putting each other down, trying to be right. Okay. Which brings me to trying to be right. If you know that you always have to be right, sometimes it's really you're not a very good, effective listener. You do anything you can to avoid being wrong. So you really can't listen to any criticism, you can't be corrected, and you can't take suggestions. And so then you become righteous. And what I talk about in the workshops is about being righteous is a justification for a point of view that no longer works for you. A justification for a point of view that no longer works for you. And, you know, since you won't acknowledge that you make mistakes, you just keep making them. So if you're one of those people that have to be right all the time, just ask yourself, would you rather be right or happy? And, of course, some people, when I ask them that, they say, I want to be right. (laughs) So (laughs) there you go. And oftentimes, the reason why you have to be right is because deep down inside, from your belief systems, you feel like there's something wrong with you. So you have to prove yourself right in order for you to feel better about the fact that you feel like there's something wrong with you. And this is all subconscious. You don't necessarily walk around knowing that or thinking that. Okay. So those are just a few blocks to listening, and that keeps you from being present. So the number one thing on how to have more effective communication, the essence of who you are, is being able to be a giver and a receiver. Send the communication and receive it, and be present. So the second step in becoming a better communicator is to take responsibility. 
and those of you who have taken my classes, you know, I beat this in with, you know, it's, it's like a broken record, right? Take responsibility. Your ability to respond determines the quality of your life. If you feel you're not being heard, if what you wrote down is, you know, when people that listen to me, I... I don't know, stomp off or get upset or go hide or become a victim, then what you're doing is you're giving your power away. You have a right to have an opinion. You have the right to speak your truth. So if you feel like uh, you're not being heard for whatever reason or you're misunderstood, if you go into being a victim, in other words, not taking responsibility for how you're receiving the information or how you're sharing the information, then you really can't change anything because when you're a victim in a conversation or or if you're feeling like it's somebody else's fault, you're giving your power away. You're basically saying, I can't change anything. So, Also, in the workshops, I talk about the BMW, meaning that a lot of times we bitch and we moan and we whine. Why won't they listen to me? Why can't I tell my truth? So we just bitch, moan, and whine, and nothing really changes because we're still playing in that victim land, meaning we're blaming other people or we're shaming ourselves. And when we shame ourselves, That's when we run and hide. That's when we don't have a voice. That's when we give up. That's when we think, you know, I don't want to cause any trouble. Don't want to go into shame about it. And, of course, when you're in shame, that doesn't change anything either. That's not taking responsibility and owning your power. And the other thing that we do is we justify. We make excuses. I couldn't talk to that person because they always yell at me. Or uh, there's no way I can say it. It's just going to be easier if I just don't say anything. It's just a lot easier. That's a justification. That's making an excuse for not being in your power. And that's what you teach other people. That's what you teach them, how to treat you. So you, by you taking responsibility and saying uh, that I am powerful and what I have to say is important and my ability to respond to a situation really is the most powerful way I can change or shift something. If I'm responding in a way that is what I call below the line, which is everything I just said, justifying or shaming or blaming. If you're below that line, nothing really changes. And I I do a lot of um, couples counseling and those types of things with different uh, business arrangements or even, you know, husband, wife and parent, child, different kinds of relationships You know, they say, well, if they would only do blah, 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 then I would do blah, blah, blah. So you're still basically not taking responsibility for your part. You are 100% responsible for your beliefs, your thoughts, your actions, 
and your communication. So it's not about taking responsibility for other people and saying, well, I'll just take responsibility for how they communicate. No, you take responsibility for how you communicate. And just understand that you can communicate in a way that is telling your truth with compassion, listening with empathy and respect. And you have to have that empathy and respect for yourself. Because if you do not respect yourself and you don't speak up and you don't tell your truth, then that's how people will treat you. They know that that's exactly how you're going to be, and they can you know, bulldoze you. They can steamroll you. Or maybe you're the steamroller. Maybe you're the one who steamrolls them. Maybe you're the one who bullies people. And you treat, you're teaching other people how to treat you. They won't trust you. They don't want to be around you because they want to be heard and they want to be acknowledged. So take responsibility for your thoughts, your beliefs, your actions, and your communication. That's the second one. All right, so the step three is create synergy. Yay, synergy. Yep. Synergy means it's the, um, that everybody has a voice, okay? Yep. One plus one equals three, which means there's me, there's you, and when you put together me and you, it creates something called okay. us. And so it's where you come to resolution. When you get into an argument with somebody, if you're having uh, an argument, or you're not dis- or you're agreeing or disagreeing with each other a lot of times people want to go into blame and shame and they're not effective with resolving conflicts so creating synergy basically the whole is greater than the sum of its parts it's it's more of a consensus so in other words don't change your mind simply because you want to avoid any conflict. Creating synergy means you reach agreement and you reach some kind of a resolution. And it really feels like it's a resolution if you both feel heard. They don't have to agree with you. You don't have to agree with them. You, Everybody has different opinions. Republicans and Democrats have different opinions, don't they? You don't have to change your mind to avoid conflict, but you can seek harmony and a resolution and tell your truth with compassion. I keep saying compassion. You have to be able to be compassionate with other people, have empathy for where they're coming from. They'll respect you, and you'll respect yourself. Have trust, empathy, and respect. And that will help you create synergy. And in order for you to trust yourself enough to speak up and tell your truth and to trust others enough, is you have to be able to learn how to cooperate. So instead of assuming that there's a winner and a loser in an argument, 
or there's a winner and a loser, you know, when you're having a communication, you could look at that we both could win. And what that could look like is you both have um, opinions that feel correct to you. But because so, you don't have to change your mind just to avoid that conflict. And do not assume that somebody must win and somebody must lose. When your discussions reach a stalemate, you can look for the next most acceptable alternative, which is just coming to a resolution. And explore the reasons and be sure everyone accepts that resolution, which a lot of people say, well, can we agree to disagree? That's still a resolution, So avoid arguing for your own ranking. So if you're an arguer, just know that uh, you can avoid that. Just to you don't have to be right just to argue, just to make sure that people hear you. So if you have issues come up in your business or in your family or relationships, you know it's not about the it's not about the people necessarily. It's about the system. It's about why don't you look at the problem or the challenge that you're having and not go into immediately blame, shame, or justifying. Express your feelings and your needs in a non-blaming way. And the way to do that is, and this helps you create synergy, okay? The way you do that is you use I feel, I think, Instead of you make me feel this way or you said, you know, you are blah, 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 blah. Use a lot of I words. Use a lot of I feel, I think. Express your feelings and your needs in a non-blaming way. Take ownership for your part of the challenge or the problem. Take responsibility for whatever it is. Take ownership of maybe how you could have um said th- said things maybe in a way that was not as compassionate listen and seek to understand the other person's point of view that's empathy and one way you can do that is you say i can only imagine how that feels or saying i understand how that feels i understand what you mean Tell me more. And by the way, these are golden little nuggets I'm giving you right now. So, you you know, I would suggest you write them down or listen to it again. Because if you just shift those little things with people, if you seek to understand the other person's point of view and have empathy before defending your own position or giving your own opinion about things, That will make your life a lot smoother. Your communications are a lot more effective because they feel heard. They feel acknowledged. Whether or not they acknowledge you or not is not the the point at the moment because you're not responsible for how they communicate. So you could 
what I'm talking about, when I remember I said look, look behind the words, you could be looking for the needs behind the positions or the solutions. So you're looking for what does that person really need right now? Do they need to just share something and tell their story? Do they need me to really give them advice? Do they need some comfort? Do they need to be acknowledged? So you want to look behind the words. So try not to rush in to solve somebody else's problem. Encourage different points of view. Honest dialogue and respect. That's the key, respecting that it's their beliefs, respecting your own beliefs. Stand in your power and respect your own beliefs. Because you can solve any problem or challenge, and that will help you build a relationship. You can solve it. Focus on what can be done, not what can't. We argue for our limitations all the time. He'll never listen to me. She'll never get it. So we focus on what can't happen a lot of times. So focus on what can be done, what can be solved, what can be what can we do to create harmony and synergy here? Because what's most important, to build a relationship or to make a point? So again, respect, empathy, ownership. Those are so key in being able to resolve any kind of conflict and create synergy to find a resolution. And just kind of know that everybody has different ways of learning. They have different ways of processing communication, processing information. I mean, have you ever met somebody sometimes where they're shaking your hand and down here in the South, you know, we somewhat, we're very, very genteel. And they could be shaking your hand, darling, and they could say, I love you, darling. But they could be feeling very um, uh, manipulative. You know, they could be trying to manipulate you by being really sweet. And you can feel that. So uh, there's, a lot of in, there's a lot of ways that, you, again, that's why it's so important to hear tone and body language and to feel people behind the words. We call that being sweet but covertly hostile. Because a lot of times people process things differently, okay? They they learn differently. When you're communicating with people and you're trying you're basically using your voice, just understand that sometimes people get your uh communication kinesthetically, meaning that they have to touch it. They have to learn by doing it themselves. They have to put their hands on it. They have to, like if you're trying to teach somebody something and they're just not getting it, maybe they're, they're learn, they don't learn by you telling them that. Another way of communicating is the kinesthetic way, is showing them. Some people learn by show and tell. They have to be shown first before they're told. 
It doesn't mean that they aren't good listeners. It's just that when you're communicating with them, and you're, maybe you're trying to show them something, teach them something, they don't hear the words. They're better learners by doing it themselves. Some people learn by auditory. They really do get it. They don't. They don't. They ha- they can get it just by listening and hearing the material or whatever you're saying. They understand when you when you say it. So, like auditory people love voice navigation instead of having to look at it right on the GPS. They get the auditory. You you don't have to show graphs for them to understand. Okay, they get it by listening, auditory. Some people are very visual. That's how they learn. They have to see it. They have to read it before it makes sense to them. They want to see the map before they can get there. So if you can identify what your learning style is, then you can understand perhaps not everybody's just like you. I know that that's hard to believe, but everybody has different ways of learning. And if you can understand that, that will help you be a better communicator. The essence of communication about how to comprehend and retain information is how, and how you learn and how you share things. Just know that everybody has a different way of doing it. They're not necessarily going to learn the same way you do. I hope all this is making sense to you. So that's the third level or the third step. The fourth step are the tools that I'm going to give you. And the biggest tool is saying this is how you have a voice. And you can share compassionately. You use these words. For me, the truth is. For me, the truth is. So what that means is whatever you're speaking to someone, and you want to have a voice, tell your truth with compassion, listen to what they have to say, have empathy, But if you start every conversation or if you feel like it's going to turn into an argument or whatever, just say, for me, the truth is. Because they can't argue that. They cannot argue that that's not your truth. So if you start your sentence with, for me, the truth is, they really can't argue that. And what you're doing is you're standing in your power You're telling your truth. You don't have to be overbearing about it. You're just saying, for me, here's my truth. It can prevent you from, you know, backing down or or just going away and hiding. Or it can help you if you're an overpowered person, if you get into arguments and you power over them. If you just say, for me, the truth is, that really does help create a sense of, empathy, and respect for yourself and for others. It lets go of any defensiveness. So another thing, like I said, I want to give you the the tools is 
You can ask clarifying questions. And a clarifying question means that many times they don't have a voice because they're afraid to speak up because they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings because they're too codependent or they don't want to ask a question because they don't want to seem stupid because maybe they've been told that before. So one way to get around that is to say, I have a clarifying question. I love that. Just try that next time. I have a clarifying question because it puts the responsibility of the communication on the person who's speaking. Because what you're saying is, I need some clarification. You're not clear. And that totally disarms anything that's happening. You're not, you're not saying it in a judgmental way. You're just saying, I, I need some clarification. It's very um, neutral. Nobody has to take sides there. So that's a really cool little tool to use. Is I, I have a clarifying question. You can use that. Say, for me, the truth is. Use I words a lot. I feel, I think. And to have empathy with someone, say, I can only imagine how that feels. Tell me more. That really helps them be acknowledged and heard. And understand that when you're trying to tell your truth or if you're giving advice or you're in your story, trying to tell a story. This always happens to me. And that's a story. So those are the four steps. Be present. Take responsibility. Create synergy. And use these words, for me the truth is. Now, if you're one of those people who gets into arguments a lot, or if you're afraid you're, you don't want to get you don't you don't want to speak up and tell your truth because you're afraid that it's going to get into an argument is you do a pattern interrupt and that's my tool it's a pattern interrupt where you stop you say a word that you both can laugh at and you have to have this agreement ahead of time. So if you're in a relationship that you find yourself, whatever, whatever kind of relationship, you find yourself arguing a lot, use that pattern interrupt. Just say, okay, here's, here's the agreement, but you both have to agree to do this. You have to agree that when you get into an argument, you're starting to get into that place where you're starting to get upset, 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 and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, that one of you has to call out that word. Can somebody please mute yourself? I hear a beeping noise in the background. So you think of a word or a phrase that makes you both laugh. And you agree on what that word is. So whatever the word is, you call it out. If you start feeling your communication is escalating, escalating, and getting bigger and bigger, and it's getting more heated, one of you calls out that word. 
And the agreement is when someone calls that word or that phrase out, you both stop talking, you walk away, you go to your corners, you take ten deep breaths, serious deep breaths, in through your nose and out through your mouth. You come back together. The person who called the word, who who said the pattern interrupt, starts first. And they say, what I feel like saying is. And what I feel like saying is, whatever you want to say. You tell them whatever you want to say. And the other person listens. They can't talk. They don't try to figure it out. They don't have a conversation. They don't interrupt you. They just actively listen and do not talk. Let the person who's talking talk. And you say whatever it is. Use a lot of I words. Then you say, I'm complete for now. What do you feel like saying? And then you let the other person speak. And they get to say whatever they want to say. I this, I that, I this. And you listen. And you don't talk and you don't interrupt and you don't try to figure it out and you don't have a conversation. So what that does, number one, it stops the pattern. It stops the pattern from you getting to the place of arguing. Second thing it does is when you go to your corners and you breathe, you dissipate all that energy and that emotion, and it's, it's, it goes away less, less, and less. It's not in your body. The third thing it does is it helps you effectively listen to each other so you're both not talking to each other and at each other one way. You're actually listening and being present. And you're both feeling acknowledged and heard because that is the key. Remember, just like anybody else, we all want to feel acknowledged and heard. So I hope that you'll be able to use these tools to be an effective communicator and to speak up and tell your truth with compassion and not be afraid. And when you write that down, when people don't listen to me, I hopefully that that will change. And when you say something, when you wrote down at the very beginning, when I say something to people, they, hopefully that will change. If it was something that was, uh, if you wrote down something like they don't listen to me. People will trust you. They will feel safe with you. They will respect you. If you stand in your power and speak your truth compassionately, empathy, respect, and ownership, and the essence of your communication comes through not just your words, not just your tone, but your body and your feelings as well. The essence of who you are. So I hope that this helps you on your journey through the next month or so. We are going to do another uh, power call uh, next month. It's going to be April 19th. 
And it's going to be about balance, balance in your life. Oh, we just have somebody tell, telling a voice. You know, my dog has a voice all of a sudden. <laughs> I love that. And he never does that. It's interesting. Okay, so April 17th is about balance in your life. Is it possible? Can you have it all? So, again, the next one that we're going to talk about is balance in your life. Is it possible, and can you have it all? So the answer is yes. And uh, I'm still looking for balance in my life. I don't know about you, but I really want to play with you guys. So this weekend I'm leaving. I'm leaving tomorrow. We're going to to create some higher vibes down in Florida, and then I'm coming back to Atlanta next weekend and doing another higher vibes class. And these classes are higher vibes. They are... um, I don't do them very often. I do them maybe once every three or four years, but uh, it's a totally different kind of a workshop, uh, more about energy and um, those types of what some people may call woo-woo stuff, but uh, that is what I'm doing in the next two weeks, this weekend and next weekend. And then, of course, our next Essence of Being is in Florida, April 7th through the 9th. And our next essence of being in Atlanta is uh, April 21st through the 23rd. So we have two workshops coming up uh, this weekend and next weekend. And then essence of being is in Florida, April 7th through the 9th and the 21st through the 23rd. And if you've come to any of these, uh, please come and play with us again some more. Bring your friends. We're going to be doing free previews uh, tomorrow. No, tomorrow, Friday, we'll be doing a free uh, preview in Fort Lauderdale, and if you just go to essenceofbeing.com, you'll see the the free previews. And on Facebook, you can go on our groups, uh, Essence of Being or EOB Graduates, and you can see our events. We're having free preview in Florida Friday. We're having another one in Atlanta March 22nd in Sandy Springs, and we're having another one April 5th in Atlanta, so that you can. Bring your friends and family, and we're going to have another one April 12th. It's just like so many. So there's a lot of opportunities for us to get together and play and connect and for you to share this experience with your friends. I'll be out in California in May, so that's awesome. We're going to have our first Essence of Being in June in in California, so that's kind of cool. So Miss Hawaii, come on over, and I'll be out in Hawaii actually in July, so maybe I can, uh, uh, but that's going to be vacation, so. I'm not going to work out there as much. So I really invite all of you to play and play with me. Uh, Come see me at the California Women's Conference. I'll be speaking in May. And let's go ahead and unmute everybody. And I hope I want to really hear your voice, and I hope you got something out of it and you got some things that you wrote down and some ahas and some awarenesses. So if you unmute yourselves, we can say, I have a voice. I have, I, a, have a I, I have a voice. I have a voice. I have a voice. I can only imagine how that feels. <laughs> I have a voice, too. And I'm excited to play. <laughs> I love it. I can only imagine how that feels. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You learn. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. Well, my friends, I guess it's that time. So I will see you next month. And on the call, and hopefully I'll see you in person because that's, you know, 
more important to me is seeing everybody in person. That's why I do so many live events. I think it's much needed in this day and time for us to connect on a live basis, not just on the Internet or on the phone. So come play and you come play. Yep, I will see all of you there. So until next time. Bye, Bye. 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 Thank you, Birch. Love you. Thanks, Love Birch. you too. Thank you, Bye-bye. Love you too. Thank Bye. you, Birch. You're welcome. My pleasure.